optimization, and it's not really even a word that's in the dictionary, but um, it is there as a subword. But my subtitle is Not Falling into the Tradition of Being a Victim. You may say, well, Sister Parker, that's not a tradition. But think about it. The world even has a saying that you are a victim of circumstance. You are just a victim of your circumstances. And we are so quick to say, oh, but you just don't know the situations that they face. You just don't know what they've been through. Oh, you just don't. So don't tell me that there's not a tradition of being a victim. There is. And we buy into that mindset, even in the church. And it's contrary to the Word of God. So tonight we are going to talk about not being a victim and overcoming the tradition because we have to fight against it because it's out there. They will tell you that you are justified to be how you are, to feel how you feel. And you have to ask yourself, is it right according to the word of God? Because that's the bottom. Praise God, our prayers have been answered. Hello, Sister Sue. Whew, instant answer. I love it. So a victim, by definition, is a person who suffers from a destructive or injurious action. You can be a victim of a car accident. So I'm not saying that bad things don't happen to people. I'm not saying that things have not happened to us. A victim is a person who suffers from a destructive or injurious action. A person, this is the part that, pay attention to this, a person who is deceived or cheated as by his own emotions or ignorance by the dishonesty of others. You know that old saying, fool me once? Shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. We'll get into it a little bit later, but if you do it to me the first time, shame on you. If I continue to let that same thing attack me day after day after day after day, you may have gone about your merry way, but I am still reliving it. I am a victim of that. Shame on me. It's my own emotions and ignorance. It was your dishonesty, but it's my emotions. It is a person or animal sacrificed and regarded as a sacrifice. You become a sacrifice due to that other person. Beat down, burned up, used and abused. That's a victim. Victims are real. Bad things happen in life. The 
it hasn't, buckle up your seatbelt. It's going to. Read your Bible. So by saying that we are a victim of our circumstances would be saying that everyone who went through X should be Z. So if we're, do you understand what I'm saying? If victims, if we are all a victim of our circumstances, as the world says we are, we're just a victim of our circumstances, then what happens to me as a result of X, if that becomes Z, when it happens to Sister Vicky, she also becomes Z. There is no variation in it. There's nothing different about it. If a car hits a car, it dents it. X results in Z. Right? Am I right or wrong? That's the end result. Now, there's varying degrees of it, but but we don't have to remain a victim. We know it's not the case. So our theme scripture is what? You should all have it memorized by now. It's the third Wednesday. I shouldn't have put it up there. Beware, lest any man spoil you. Ah, it's awful week out there. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Beware. Warning. Hello. Oh, the door is locked. He's going around to the other one. Wake up. Beware. Smell the coffee. There are traditions out there. There are philosophies. It's not just talking. Okay. The nice guy's in. He's in. He made it. Good. We got it. Okay. Hello, Brother Reese. We're so glad you're here. There, it's not just talking about doctrinal traditions, baptism in Jesus' name, the oneness of God, philosophies, vain deceit. Do you know how many people hold on to being a victim out of vanity? It's true. Ooh. They just like being martyrs. They just like being martyrs. They love the pity. They love the attention. Do overcomers get attention? No. Oh, here, let me give you some more Kleenex, sweetheart. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Beware. 
traditional teachings, philosophies out in the world will tell you that we are victim of abuse, divorce, rape, rejection, you name it. If it happened to you, you will always be a victim of that. You poor little thing. There is a crisis intervention group for everything now. Your dog dies. Your cat runs away. You can go find a group for it. I'm sorry I'm not minimizing pets. But give me a break. Traditional teachings also tell us that we are survivors. Right? You are a survivor. I had my sister-in-law, my, my stepsister, bless her heart, she means really well, that my nephew is a cancer survivor. And I rejoice that his cancer is in remission. I rejoice that next year we will get the report that he has cancer. I rejoice in that. But I finally got bold enough to post out there and said, and I said, he is not a cancer survivor. He is an overcomer. He has been redeemed. He is set free. He is healed. It is gone. It is finished in Jesus' name. He's not a survivor. I didn't hear back. Okay, imagine that. A survivor is a person that survives. Don't you love it when we use a word to describe a word? Who continues to function in spite of opposition, hardship, or or setbacks. It sounds really good until you think about it. They continue to survive. I think about surviving as like getting by. I'm going to survive. I'm going to make it through. Only the strong survive. Mm. Sounds nice, yet the Bible tells me that I am not just a conqueror, but I am more than a conqueror. And a conqueror is a person who conquers or vanquishes. They're a victor. I get victory over whatever happened. I get victory over my emotions. I get victory over my ignorance that caused me to feel how I felt. Now, I'm not saying our emotions are God-given, folks. What you feel, if something good happens, we feel happy. That's a God-given emotion. If something not so good happens, we feel sad. That's a God-given emotion. When we're sad, we cry. When we're happy, sometimes we cry. We laugh. We, they're God-given emotions. What's not God-given is falling into gloom, despair, and agony on me. So, and being fooled by our emotions. So, a conqueror is a person who vanquishes, and they are a victor. 
to vanquish or vanquish is to subdue by superior force. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in whoever did whatever to me. Than he that is in this world. If someone rejected me, they are of a lesser force than what's in me. They're the ones that missed out. Loser. They didn't know a good thing when they were around it. Well, I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Y'all came tonight. You wanted to be with each other. It's the rest of them that are missing out. Right? Greater is he. We have a superior force to conquer and to become the victor. A victor is a person who has overcome or defeated an adversary. They are a winner. How many times have we said, read the back of the book? We win. I don't just barely succeed and skate into the finish line. Oh, I'm going to crawl across the line and make it into the pearly gates with my abused nature. No, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm going to walk boldly before the throne of grace. Victorious in Christ. At least I am. Which one do you want to be? A survivor or an overcomer? Based on those definitions, I know which one I want to be. When, if we accept the tradition of this philosophy that's out there and buy into the fact that we are victims, our whole mindset changes. We take on the thinking and the ways of the victim. If you tell somebody, do you know you can take a child that has, I don't know how they determine the intelligence level of a young child, but you can take a child that could have been the next Einstein and tell them long enough, you're stupid. You are the dumbest thing since the rock outside. I have never, and you tell them that long enough and they will believe you. So if you tell yourself long enough that you are a victim, you're going to believe it. Things happen, and they all relate and connect to that one focus. So if you tell yourself you're a victim, everything in your life that happens comes back to that event. I'm a victim So the coffee that spilt on my lap is because nothing ever goes my way. No one loves me. Not even my coffee cup. And then you become shackled in your mind. And then the next step is you set out to become self-destructive.
And that defines who you are. Because you become a victim, and that's your identity. I was raped. I was divorced. I was. I am a survivor of. I am. I I am born again. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. He has made all things become new. I am no more shackled. Behold, all things have become new. I am in him. I am not defined by my past. I am an overcomer. But if I don't get to that point, I self-destruct. And I can't succeed. Because you know why I can't succeed? Because I'm going to destroy me before you can destroy me. I'm going to abuse me before you can abuse me. I'm going to ruin me before you can ruin me. The woman who has been abused often, if she has been abused long enough, will often do things to set her husband off so that he will smack her because it's easier to get slapped once than to allow him to fully go into a rage on his own. She will self-destruct because she wants to be in control and know when it's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Now, that's just one example. The same is true no matter what you are a victim of. If you will allow yourself to go down that spiral, you will self-destruct. Those who have been divorced. Why do you think children marry someone just like their parents? They've watched abuse. They marry an abuser. Because they're a victim of that. They get divorced. They marry another person and they get divorced. They self-destruct and it's a cycle. Why do you think cycles come? Because you never break it and say, I am no longer a victim of that. I am an overcomer. Now, I am assuming that I am talking to people who are in Christ Jesus tonight. Because it does no good. If you haven't gone to A, you can't go on to B. So so my goal tonight, oh, we're going to have to extend the Bible study. My goal in tonight's lesson is to give you some basic steps. Anybody who's ever heard me taught, teach knows that I'm an ABC, one, two, three. Let's get it, go and apply it and go home. Maggie's nodding her head because that's what we get in Sunday school. Let's do it, okay? So it's more becoming an overcomer. Romans 8.37, nay, in all these things we are more 
and conquerors. So first, we must realize that the only way, and I said this, to be an overcomer is to be in Christ. We have to be born again. We have to repent of our sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and have the power of the Holy Ghost working in our lives in order to overcome. Okay? So let's put a few myths, philosophies, to rest before we move on. We'll talk a little bit about a few of them if we get that far, but let's put them to rest. You never forget anything unless you get dementia. And then still, I think it's in there somewhere. You just can't recall it to verbalize it. But you never forget. It's always there. Unless somehow God totally removes something from our memory bank, which I haven't heard of him doing, we always remember things. So the forgive and forget, just move on, is another philosophy that is hogwash. I'm sorry, if you don't like bluntness, you may want to excuse yourself now. We'll say amen and you can just go. But I believe in helping people. So that's how I teach. If you have tried to forgive or to forget, forgive and forget, you know it doesn't work because it comes back to your mind. Do you know it's been 37 years and you right now you think you're going to get a really sordid story, but you're not. Sorry to disappoint you, but it's been 37 years since I was standing in a dark, dark, dark room. It was pitch black. I was developing a film. Young people don't even know what a film is. Anyway, I had taken pictures in Italy, and I was in the dark room, and I was going to develop these, and I had to take the negative and slide it in to the cuttings, to the paper cutter, and slice it. And I put the cutter up, and I slid it in, and I let go to get it lined up just right. And the army paper cutter was no good it was broken and whack that blade came down 37 and a half years ago i can still in this knuckle right here feel how tense because i thought i'd lost my fingertip because there was no blade no protector that was back 37 years ago before we had protectors on there we didn't even hardly have safety belt seat belts in cars back then so i mean that was back in the ancient of days i can still feel it you don't forget some things you just don't forget i flip the light on and there's a big sign that says caution paper cutter broken do not let go of the blade and i thought what a stupid blade <laughs> Put the sign in the dark. You're going to see that sign. My point being is, is you don't forget things that are tragic to you. It's forever in your psyche. It's there. Myth. No. Philosophy. It's wrong. Philosophy number two that is not correct. You have a right to feel the way you do. Wrong. If your feelings are not biblical, you don't have a right to feel them. Didn't get any amens, but I didn't expect to. Myth philosophy number three. You are a new creature. You are defined 
this is fact, by him, Jesus, you are not defined by your past. You are defined by what God created you to be. If Jesus said that you can become a new creature and all things become new, then either man is wrong and God is right, or God is wrong and man is right. It's up to you to decide. So what do we do? Remember that I'm teaching born-again believers, okay? That's the premise I'm teaching on. We can never be an overcomer without Christ. So moving along quickly, because I have lots to talk about. Step number one to being an overcomer, forgive. Forgive whomever for whatever. Oh, but I could never do that. You just don't know what they did. I don't care. Forgive. Yes, you can. And yes, you have to. And yes, you must. If you don't, you're wrong with God, and you will remain a victim. Until you forgive, note this. Until you forgive, truly forgive whomever for whatever, they are still doing whatever to you. Over and over and over and over. They are in control. And they don't even care. Well, maybe they do. I don't know what the situation is. But forgiveness breaks the chains. Whoops, I went ahead of myself. Forgiveness breaks the chains of the circumstances of your life. Can I suggest to you, when you forgive, don't just do it between you and God. That's step number one. Give it to God, forgive them, get it out. But may I please suggest, if it's appropriate, forgive them. Call them, write them, go to them, if it's appropriate. I forgive you for the hurt and the pain that you have caused in my life when you Thank you very much. Goodbye. It works. You are not calling to become bosom buddies with this person, to rekindle any pre-existing relationship with this person, to make amends with this person, to reestablish anything with this person. You're calling to forgive them. Period, end of sentence, end of paragraph, chapter, close book. Yes, ma'am. They hurt you. They hurt you. Doesn't matter if they realize it. The Bible says that if you have ought, then 
it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If I hurt you, if I hurt you, then you should come to me and say, that's Bible. Sister Parker, I forgive you. I forgive you because when you, it really hurt me. I know that you probably don't even realize that you did it, but it really hurt. And I need you to know that I love you and I forgive you. Well, maybe you don't love me anymore, but so don't say that if you don't, but because we don't want to add lying, you know, to it. But just say, and obviously to that person, you probably wouldn't say I love you. So, but just, I just needed you to know that I forgive you for that. It works. Some people will receive it. Some people will reject it. It does not matter. Now, I am not into I am not into sharing personal. But this is important, people. This is important family. I've done it. It's essential. I went to my dad. I was in Germany, knelt down, gut-wrenching. I could feel God just pulling it all out, and I thought, oh, good, it's gone. Praise God. It's over with. All the abuse, all of the, ah, done. And I got up, and God said, not yet it's not. Because when you go back to America, you get to go talk to him. And I'm like, so I did. And I went and I sat down at his dining room table and I said, Dad, I need to talk to you. I need you to know that I forgive you for every time that you ever abused me, every time that you ever disappointed me. I forgive you for leaving me when I needed you the most. I forgive you for all of it. And I also need you to know, and I went on. And it's the only time up until that point, the other time was when my dad was dying, that I saw him with a tear in his eye. But up until that point in my life was the only time that I ever saw my dad with a tear in his eye. And he said, thank you for forgiving me. Now, I also went to my mom. And she didn't acted like she didn't have a clue what I was talking about. It's not my responsibility what you do with my forgiveness. All I am responsible for is to forgive you. But it frees me. It keeps me from having a root of bitterness in my heart. It's what I am biblically required to do if it's appropriate. Now, obviously, if it's someone who is dangerous, who is whatever, you don't do it. Please don't do it. Please don't do it. Okay? But if it's appropriate, go to the person. Forgiveness is not for them. It's for you. And if you were at fault too,
if you were at fault too, divorce, ask for forgiveness for your part in it. It works. It frees you. It brings a liberty. So how do you know if you have forgiven someone? Again, I know this to be true. Ask yourself a few questions and answer them honestly. Do you see all of life through those, the circumstance of that situation? If you do, you haven't forgiven. Do you feel it when you think about it? If you do, do your emotions get going? Does your blood curdle? Do you get hot? Do you get cold? Do you get... If you do, if you get emotional, then you have not forgiven. I have been, if you name it, I have been it. A victim of it. I don't care what you name, I have been a victim of it. And I can talk to you about any of it, and I don't feel the emotion of it, other than deep compassion for every one of those people, because none of them are right with God. I have forgiven them. Some of them I go spend time with them when I need to in a family environment. And I am able to do it only because I am an overcomer through Christ Jesus. And I have forgiven through the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you think about it often? If you do, you haven't forgiven. Can you pray for the person? And I'm not talking about fire and brimstone down on their head. Forgiveness keeps you from building bitterness or it roots out the existing bitterness. It transforms the pain into compassion. If someone had told me 40-some years ago that I would feel compassion for certain people, I'd have said, there's no way. God, get them. And here I will tell you how. In case you've run out of imagination, Lord, let me help you. And now I have compassion. And it's because of forgiveness. It helps move you from victim to overcomer, from torment to peace, joy, and freedom. Okay. Accept and build from the situation. Remember, we don't forget but we can build. We are able to comfort others wherewith we have been comforted. I couldn't teach this lesson if I had never overcome anything. Oh, I suppose I could have. I could have gone and found a good book, but I wouldn't have had the same passion about it. I wouldn't have been able to help hundreds of women when I was living in Virginia, when they were victim of a certain thing. I'm able to use, because I've built on 
the situation. When I was reading my bread, Deuteronomy 6, 20 and 21 caught my attention. And when thy sons asketh thee in time to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Now, I, you can stone me later for taking it out of context, but when we are used, abused, and mistreated, when we are victims, we're in Egypt. We are slaves to that situation. And when God brings us out of that and we overcome if we forget, if God did erase it from my memory, how could I help others? Now, I don't sit, Jesse, let me tell you all about this situation because you're just going to love this story. It's no. But when it's appropriate and when asked, I'm able to tell or share accordingly, very rarely any details, because it's not necessary. But what meaneth the testimonies and the statutes? You know what meaneth these stones? You're able to build on that. So we don't glory in what happened to us. Oh, I'm a victim of. I glory in what God has done for me. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. If God did it for me, he can do it for you. Facts are facts. If you were, then you were. I was born half Norwegian. I will always be half Norwegian. I know, my poor husband. He has a t-shirt that says, pray for me, I married a Norwegian. My 100% Norwegian mother gave it to him. Thought it was hilarious. The key word there, though, is were. But what am I now? I can't change the past. History is history. What happened, happened. I need to learn to accept the facts. But it's what I do with it that matters. God's healed my mind, my heart, my relationships, and only he could do that. Next is practice gratitude. I read this saying, wear gratitude like a cloak, and it will it will feed every corner of your life. As strange as it may sound, I would not wish for the things that happened in my life to have happened. But I'm thankful they happened because I've seen the power of God working through them. 
I wouldn't have known God to be the heart healer that he is if I didn't have a broken heart to have healed. I mean, that's just one example. It's all a a paradigm shift. I have to change how I think about it. I have to change my attitude and have an attitude of gratitude. It will be impossible to maintain and maintain the attitude of a victim when I'm practicing the attitude of gratitude. The two are contrary. If nothing else, I can be grateful for the circumstance that's drawing me closer to the Lord. If nothing else, I can say, God, what can I learn from this situation? And then how can I use it for the kingdom of God? Next is seek joy. Do not sabotage your own life. We talked about that at the beginning. Victims feel vulnerable because something happened to them. If your house gets broken into, you check all the doors on the lock, on the, all the locks on all the doors 500 times. Well, it's, it's natural. Just once. You're better than most of us. But victims are, tend to feel vulnerable. And so then they have this deep foreboding. They feel that another event is imminent. It's just bound to happen. It will happen again. Or even something worse. And so they want to control the situation. We already talked about that. His kingdom here on earth is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So commit to doing right. Spend time in his presence and joy will follow. When you feel this foreboding feeling coming upon you, that victimization to use the word, coming upon you, seek joy. Seek Jesus. Because light always dispels darkness. In his presence is fullness of joy. Okay, and then change what you think on and what you talk about. Have you ever been around somebody that was just in a car accident? They have to tell everybody, every detail. I mean, every detail. And I'm using that just because it's safe. But change what you think about and what you talk about. Six months later, a year later, 10 years later, 25 years later, you should still not be talking about it. Change what you think on and what you talk about. The circumstances happened. Talk about something else when it comes to your mind. I don't know why. I'm not this learned, but... We don't control the thoughts that flip through our brains. We really don't. However, we do control what we think on. So what's that old saying? You can't stop the bird from 
flying over, but you can keep them from building a nest. Don't let the thought stay. When thoughts of the circumstance come to mind, think, thank the Lord for his deliverance, his peace, his joy. The enemy of your soul is out to destroy you. That's the bottom line. So, I'm smart enough to know this much. If every time the thought of the circumstance comes to my mind, I take a praise break and I thank God for what he's doing in my life at this moment in time and for what he's working out and for the deliverance that he's giving me and for his peace and his joy, it's not going to be very long until the enemy of my soul, who is also no dummy, figures out to stop having me think about it. Because he doesn't want me to draw closer to... He wants me as far away from Jesus as possible. So if the circumstance is going to draw me closer to Jesus, he's going to have me stop thinking about it. So I need to change what I think on and think about the Lord. I need to talk about the Lord. I need to talk about how great he is. I need to talk about how he is working in my life, how I am an overcomer, how he has brought Find someone and something to invest in other than you. Contrary to philosophy out there, life is not about you. I didn't get any amens. Oh, I got one. I got one right. Thank you, Brother Wayne. It's not about you. So find someone else to invest in. When I'm investing in other people, I don't have much time to think about me. And then think on these things. Honest, just, pure, lovely, things of a good report, things of virtue, things of praise, Philippians 4, 8. We all know that. Watch your words. Proverbs 18, 21 tells us that there's death and life in your words. You're in your tongue, your words. And Revelation 12 and 11 says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Oh, I'm a victim of. I'm an overcomer of. I have overcome it. You don't get a testimony without a test. You have to go through something in order to have a testimony. Finally, change your thought pattern. When you change your thought pattern, your life will follow. My Bible says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2 Verse 5, the victim needs a thought change, and then the heart will change also. 
the victim thinks, how long will it take to feel good? The conqueror decides to feel good now, even if things aren't going so great. The victim grinds to a halt. The conqueror decides to keep putting one foot in front of the other and going forward, one step at a time. The victim wallows in self-pity. The conqueror decides to comfort others. The victim is jealous of other people's successes. The conqueror decides to rejoice with those that rejoice and to be inspired by them. The victim focuses on the pain of loss. The conqueror decides to cherish remembered joys. The victim seeks retribution. The conqueror decides to seek redemption. The victim argues with life and with God. The conqueror decides to embrace both. It's the last point that is very important to me. Unless I am willing to forgive and embrace all that the Lord has for me, I will miss out on the life that he has for me. I can't control anybody except me. I can't determine what other people will do to me. I can only determine my reaction to what they do to me. I decide if I will be a victim. I decide if I will be a survivor. And I decide if I will be a conqueror. And I decide if I will be more than a conqueror. I went in 2000. No, 1991, 1990, when my husband was gone to Saudi Arabia, I was having major health problems, and it was the start of what turned out to be a chronic illness, and um, the doctors couldn't figure it out. It was so fluky, and it was fleeting, and here one minute, gone the next minute, and this test, and that test, and... All these. So anyway, won't get into all of the details. But finally, because the doctors couldn't decide what it was, the army medical facility decided that because my husband was deployed to a war zone and I was left all alone by myself, that I was a hypochondriac, and that I had to go through before I could get any more medical treatment to find out what was wrong with me. Now. Imagine, I was imagining elevated blood lab results. I was imagining growths in my body. I was imagining tumors. I was imagining, I was imagining all this stuff. I was just fabricating it, but yet it was there. So anyway, anyway, this person who had never laid eyes on me, never talked to me, never met me, never shook my hand, never anything, decided that before I could get any more, any more testing done, I had to go through a psychiatric evaluation. I said, okay, no problem. I'll go. That's what it takes to find out what's wrong with me. Maybe I am not. I'm I'm sorry. I didn't say that word. Um, Can we rewind that, please? I didn't say that. Maybe that was me. I'm talking for me. Maybe I am losing it. Maybe I am. I don't know. Maybe I am. So I said, sure, I'll go in. I mean, I've been through a lot in my life. Um, okay, 
So I went in, and I met with this woman. And she introduced herself, and she did about a three-minute thing, and then I had 54 minutes of sitting there telling her my life history. You know how long 54 minutes is to sit there and tell somebody all about yourself? Seems like it wouldn't be long, but it's a long time. So I told her. I said, well, where do you want me to start? And she wanted me to start at my earliest childhood memory, and I went on through and told her all about my life because that's what I was supposed to do. So we got done, and I said, so you want everything? And she said, well, yeah, anything that you... So I told her, told her. I didn't have anything to hide. So I get all done, and I said, is there anything else that you need to know or that I need to tell you about? And she said, just one. I thought, oh, what did I leave out? Because she's got a pen in her hand and a paper in front of her, and I'm thinking, oh, I just want to know why I don't feel good. So she said, I just want to know. How could you have gone through all of this from your earliest childhood memory and all of this and be so well adjusted and have no apparent bitterness and no be so well adjusted and have such a good outlook on life? And she named up. I said, oh, that one's easy. I said, it's Jesus. He is, he is so wonderful. I said, he heals all that, and he takes all the garbage and just leaves you with the good stuff. I said, that's easy. She said, ma'am, there is nothing wrong with you, mentally or emotionally. Physically, obviously, but not mentally or emotionally. Well, I guess it intrigued the psychiatrist so much that then he wanted to do more testing on me, and I told him, no, I refused it. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that God is able. God is able to take your past and make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. When you change your thought pattern, your life will follow. And you are able to take what has happened we don't have any control over what happens what other people do to us now granted if i walk up to brother demuth and do something really horrible and horrendous he may smack me well maybe not if i did it to him but if i did it to his wife he might do it to me there we go now that's a better example now he can't shake his head quite so fast but you know what i'm saying I don't have any control over him. He's the only one that can control him. I have no control over that. I don't have control over other people. So I can't let myself be a victim to them. I need to get over the past. I need to get over it. Some of us are carrying things that happened to us when we were four and five and six and seven years old, 10, 20, 40, whatever. Get over it. Give it to Jesus. But more than that, forgive. Move on. There's a wonderful life that God has for us to live. And we're missing it because we're staying a victim. Do not hold on to the tradition of being a victim. Be more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. 
I like that he didn't just make us a conqueror. He made us more than a conqueror. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. No, the question is this for those that are listening on the recording on forgiveness. If a person, in this case a woman asks the question and the question is if a man punches a woman in the face. Wouldn't matter though even if it was a child or if it was man to man a punch or a woman to woman. If a person abuses you and that's why I said if it's appropriate. No, I don't believe i know that the bible says if you know you get smacked and turn the other cheek i understand that but i don't believe that you place yourself in a hazardous situation if i know if i if i know then that's why i said use wisdom in going to talk to someone if i know that someone is abusive i am not going to go where that person is and be alone with them to tell them that I forgive them. That would be less than wise. If they abused me in a physical way once, why would I place myself in that situation again for them to do it again? No, 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 no. I do do not believe that. You could take a witness with you. You could write them a letter. You could call them. You have to use wisdom, and sometimes it's just inappropriate. You cannot, you cannot contact that person. It's not a good idea. Thank you. It's not a good idea to, to contact that person, and God knows every situation. But don't make an excuse for yourself either. But sometimes it's just not wise. We have to use wisdom in every situation. If it was a hostile environment to start with, you don't put yourself back in a hostile environment. You know, uh, that's just not wise. If, if, a, if a child was abused, you, you know, I know there's children in orphanages or in foster homes, and they can forgive, but they don't go back to that home, to the parents' home, and to say, I I'm, I forgive you because that would be, number one, it would probably be breaking the court order, but number two, it would be placing themselves back into jeopardy and, and you don't do that. So God knows your heart. And, you know, if nothing else, put up a, a toothpick, picture, a popsicle figure and say, this is Joe. Joe, I forgive you for having smacked me in the face and giving me a black eye and making me look horrible for a week. I forgive you in Jesus' name. Okay, now we can go on with life. That's good. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. It's very important that we use wisdom. We have to use wisdom in all things. Okay, any other questions? Okay. Be more than a conqueror. We will see you Sunday. Remember that Sunday is our spaghetti dinner.